This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. I got a special product for my cannabis love in kings and queens. If you love a good pre-roll, a joint, you have that fresh cannabis, we want to make sure it's staying fresh. And so I'm thankful to have Integra Specialty Products here at the Low Life Podcast. Brings you plant-based solutions for top-tier cannabis storage and packaging with two-day humidity control packs. Ensure the freshness, potency, and quality of your cannabis with Boost plant-based solutions that only puts in pure water vapor into your dried-out buds. Ideal for flour, pre-roll, edibles, they offer harmonious balance of convenience and freshness. For more information, check them out at www.integraboost.com or at Integra Herbal on Instagram. Use code LOWLIFE at checkout for 15% off your next online purchase at www.integraboost.com. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Hola, bienvenidos, buongiorno. Welcome to an all-new episode of the Low Life Podcast. I'm your hot mess of a host, Lo Von Arumpf. Ah, and I'm so happy to be here. Oh, it feels good. I miss being at the podcast when I'm not here recording with you. I'm like, damn, I cannot wait to get back to it. I hope you're having a good day so far and a wonderful week. And if you're not having a good week, if you're feeling stressed or just shit's getting real for you right now and you're like, oh, this is an intense week for me, Lo. Well, don't worry. You've come to the right place. We're about to turn that frown upside down, my kings and queens. We have a great show in store for you today. So a little mental health check-in for you. I'm going to rate my mental health a solid 8.5 out of 10 this week. Wow. High numbers still. I know. I'm still in shock. I'm still just in shock. It went down a point. It was a 9.5 last week. But this week, it's still great. I'm still feeling good. Uh, It was just a very busy week. So busy. Uh, So I'm just going to dock at a point just because I didn't get to do some things that I wanted to do. But it's okay, just because I had so much on my freaking plate, which is a wonderful problem to have when you're just so busy that you can't get everything done, right? Even though I'm busy and I have a lot on my plate, I was watching Lola for a while. And oh my God, that little baby Lola. Well, her birth name's Madeline. Again, I changed it to Lola when she's here with her uncle Lo. I was busy with the baby. I had my fake teeth on. I'm feeding Lola. I'm changing shitty diapers. I'm rocking her to sleep and she's falling asleep on my chest, which, oh, it's the sweetest thing ever. Pure joy. I took her on a date with me. It felt like a single parent (laughs) going out on a date. Yeah, that was fun. Yeah, he got a kick out of that one. (laughs) He's like, oh, you have a daughter. (laughs) Surprise. But the thing is, even though I'm busy and I still have a lot of shit going down in life, I'm trying not to rush myself. I'm trying to just take a beat, take a pause. Sometimes you just got to inhale and exhale. You know what I mean? Like, especially in L.A. when it comes to driving. Driving in LA and New York, two places that are just intense, intense places to drive. You have really aggressive drivers out there. And I used to get a little bit of road rage back in the day, like 21 year old low, someone would cut me off or not let me in or 
whatever. And I would, I'd get pissed. I'm not big on using the horn, but I would just get like so pissed off and I don't know, let it get to me. But 32-year-old Lo is a very different man. And 32-year-old Lo with a baby in the car is a completely different. I'm like Mr. Miyagi on the road. I have found my inner peace, my inner zen, and I'm not rushing in life. Especially when I'm trying to protect a little baby, you know? You got to take things slow and, uh, and drive very cautiously. And there are a lot of dicks on the road. But I don't let them get the best of me. I don't let them ruffle my feathers because life is just too short uh, for the road rage. Especially right now, like things are so politically charged, racially charged. You know, we're coming out of a pandemic. We're still pretty much in it, to be honest. But that being said, you get pissed at someone and you flip them the bird. That doesn't fly these days. You never know how someone's going to respond to that. Pull out a freaking gun. You know what I mean? A lot of people are struggling with mental health right now. Unemployment numbers are spiking. So, yeah, you just don't know what you're going to get these days. So just don't flip people off. You know, if someone cuts you off, I'm like, okay, bro, good for you. Like, cut me off. You're a dick, but I'm not going to get pissed off about it. But there is a pet peeve that I do have when it comes to driving. So it just happened today. It's fresh on my mind. Not to bitch and complain to you guys, but... (laughs) This one's hot off the press because it literally just happened like five minutes ago as I'm on my way back to my place to record. So I'm driving in my car and I come up on a light. I'm trying to make a left turn. Light turns red. Of course, I'm waiting there and there's a car behind me. Now, when the light finally turns green, uh, I have to wait for any cars to come, you know, clear the intersection because it's not a green arrow. It's a solid green light. Anyway, as soon as it turns green within a freaking millisecond, of it turning green. This guy behind me is like, eh, 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 honk, honk, honk. Freaking just like, go, go. And I see him you know, throwing his hands up, like all pissed, like, go, hello, like one of those. I just want to address the asshole in the black IKEA Sonata that was behind me today. Okay, Mr. Asshole Man, when that light turns green, I'm not going to book it, just freaking floor it to make that turn. And there are a few reasons why. One, you never know who's going to run a light. And it's happened to me before. I remember. One time the light turned green, same situation, and I had just kind of spaced out for a minute and didn't turn right away. And someone honked behind me, of course, but I'm so glad that I didn't end up going because someone had run a red light and was running right through. So if I had actually turned, that guy would have nailed the side of my car uh, and I probably wouldn't be here today. So I always like to give it like a 1-1000, 2-1000, just a nice healthy pause (laughs) just to allow for anyone that could be potentially running a red light, which happens all the time, especially here in LA, like big cities that happens a lot. And granted, some people are on their phones. Like I've had that happen where I'm behind someone and they just completely space out. They're on their phone. Who knows? They're listening to music, a podcast, hopefully the low life and the light turns green and they just don't go. But I always will give it a couple seconds, like one, 1,000, two, 1,000, three, 1,000. And then I'm like, okay, I'm going to give them a little beep, beep, but I hate using my horn. I'm just not a fan of that. So all I'm saying is if you happen to be waiting at a light and you're behind someone, don't honk at them right away. We know it turned green. We're protecting ourselves. We're putting our, our safety first. You know, I got a child in the car at times. Like, just freaking chill for a sec, bruh. I guess that's one of my pet peeves. I have a lot of pet peeves. You know, I should do an episode on pet peeves. <laughs> I talk about this podcast being such a positive place. I'm like, let me just spend an hour ranting about shit that pisses me off. (laughs) Yeah, like that pisses me off. Uh, When I get emails that say, I hope this finds you well. Ugh, 
I don't want you to find me. I don't want you to find me well. Don't you worry about me, Susan. Don't send that follow-up email and don't say, I hope this finds you well. Because I know you're not hoping for shit. That's the truth about it. So let's just be honest and just address me like, hello, and move on. Give me what you need. So just say what you need to say. Hello, boom, name, and then start explaining yourself into the email. Black and white, I don't need no hope. I don't need you to wish me well. I need you to get to the freaking point. (laughs) Besides little things like that irritating me, I try to be pretty positive. (laughs) One thing that has really kept me positive and just helped me mental health-wise so much is journaling. I've talked about it on the podcast before, but I was FaceTiming with Jason Tardick the other night, and uh, he had FaceTimed me just randomly. And uh, I picked it up and he's like, what are you up to, Lo? What are you doing? So I showed him. I was like, I'm journaling. I'm in the middle of journaling. And I had written like five pages. And he's like, holy shit. Like, you're writing so much. And I'm just like, boom, with my little quill, (laughs) just writing away. He was like, what's the actual point of that? It was hard for him to like wrap his mind around me journaling all the time. So I was telling him there is a return on the investment. The return on the investment is my mental health. It helps me tremendously. Also helps to keep my thoughts in order uh, to really track how I'm feeling, like genuinely feeling in life. And it's nice because sometimes it's helped me with relationships that I've been in, whether it be a friendship or a work relationship. I'll write things down, forget how I felt, and then I'll go back to it weeks or months later and be like, oh, there was a red flag and I didn't even see that or I forgot it or something like that. So sometimes journaling helps me with perspective, it keeps me self-aware, alerts me of potential red flags that I probably will miss because I could be in, you know, just busy with life. So then I go back to something, I'm like, oh yeah, I do remember that friend making me feel like complete shit. Okay, this seems to be a pattern, duly noted. Just got to remember that in my head so that I can, you know, make sure I'm cutting out any toxicity and just... Life is hard enough as it is. It's just a tool for me to hopefully get through the next day so I can keep getting those 8.5s on the mental health scale. You know, (laughs) like anything I can do. It's not everyone's cup of tea, but it's really helped me tremendously in all aspects of my life. It's it's really helped. And self-awareness is the main reason why I do it. And it, it just also helps with like sorting out my thoughts and brain draining. So when I go to bed at night, I'm not carrying such heaviness or, you know, wanting to process things at night. I'm like, I don't need to process it. I put it in my journal, wrote it out. I'm going to leave it there and try to get a good night's sleep and just clear my mind, which kind of ties into today's episode. So I have a very special guest, Blake Horseman. Are you guys familiar with him? He was on The Bachelor Paradise. Good looking, really sweet guy. I met him through Caitlin Bristow, my little Canadian maple delight. uh, And he was DJing on tour with her. And we hit it off and he has his own podcast, which I was a guest on. And I love the interview that he did with me. And I said, why don't you come to the low life? Uh, And I know a lot of my listeners are very familiar with the Bachelor franchise and they watch Bachelor in Paradise. I'm not too familiar with actually watching it, but I know a lot of people that are part of the franchise, Caitlin and Jason included, Kendall Long, Blake Horseman, uh, Becca Kufrin, Becca Tilly. So I know a lot of these people and they're all, again, super sweet. So I was excited to have Blake come on. And I just wanted to ask him questions about his experience because what a unique life experience to have. And he's navigated some tough waters. He talks about mental health. He's very open about that, which I love. So we dive into that today and we have a great conversation and I was so happy to have him on. Even if you don't watch the actual show, uh, this podcast episode isn't about the Bachelor franchise. It's more about this guy and he has an interesting story. And so we talk about some of the adversities face. We talk about his love life, his sex life his public life, 
I mean, at one point, Blake was getting death threats and America hated him. Um, so full circle moment, he's back in the good graces of America. So <laughs> we talk about navigating those waters because like, what a weird feeling, like out of the blue to get all these people just hating you for something that is out of your control uh, in a narrative that's being pushed out into the public uh, that's completely false. It's a tough one. So we dive into that too. Love the conversation. I hope you enjoy it too. So without further ado, let's jump into today's podcast episode with Mr. Blake Horseman. Hit it. So today, I have a very special guest, Blake Horseman. Blake is a 6'3", right? 6'3", Caucasian male, yeah. born in a small town, Bailey, Colorado. He's a good-looking, corn-fed, all-American athlete, won the hearts and minds of America when he appeared on season 14 of The Bachelorette, and America wanted more of him. They couldn't get enough. They were craving some horsemen, so he returned to television, and he appeared on season 6 of The Bachelor in Paradise. He's an entrepreneur, an amazing dancer. He definitely has an ear for music because he is a DJ and he's the host of his very own podcast, Behind the Rose. Please welcome to the Low Life Podcast, a delicious piece of American pie, Mr. Blake Horseman. The welcome, best King. intro I think I've had yet. Really? I know you've had a lot of them. You're a regular on podcasts. Yeah, yeah. But that was awesome. Yeah, man. Happy to be here. Appreciate oh my it. God. Well, people are very excited to uh to have you on the Low Life podcast. My listeners were like, okay, we are for Blake. So the thing is, I didn't watch the the Bachelorette. I've I've like dibble dabbled in it, dipped my toes in the waters, but I haven't done like a deep dive. Some people are very into it, which I get, you know, it's like one of those shows. I'm more of like a serial killer. Uh, I love a good sociopath story, uh, a dateline exclusive, anything like that. I'm a big true crime fan as well, actually. Oh, true crime is great. Yeah. Do you have a sense of paranoia about you? Like thinking that everyone has the possibility to be a killer? That is such a funny question. So actually, before I was on The Bachelorette, I, I sold beer for a living. I worked for Coors. I was a beer sales rep. And I would listen to podcasts all day while I like counted beer and coolers and things like that. And I used to listen to My Favorite Murder. Oh, yeah. Great pod. Yeah. And I started to get super paranoid like i started to be the guy who was like i'd walk on the other side of the street when i like saw somebody walking towards you know and so i yeah. decided i cut it off i was like i can't do this it's like actually impacting my life like i'm getting <laughs> paranoid so i stopped listening to a killer podcast after that yeah yeah i'm still on that killer podcast tip and it definitely makes me a little paranoid going through life for sure well and i read a study and it was something like you will encounter about 10 psychopaths in your lifetime, everyone will encounter at least 10 psychopaths. I think I've already hit that number. I think I'm on number 50 at this point, but I'm also in the industry. And I think, will you being thrown into the world of entertainment through Bachelor Nation? I'm sure you've definitely encountered at least 15 to 45 yeah. psychopaths. 100%. Because <laughs> psychopaths don't necessarily have to be murderers. They could just be like charming 
you know, like narcissistic yeah. people. You know, there's a lot of those in the in this industry. Yeah, you know, I actually listened to a podcast. I'm trying to get him on mine, but it was this doctor who studied psychopathic behavior. And as he was studying serial killers and sociopaths and psychopaths, he went down the rabbit hole and realized that he had a lot of the tendencies that a lot of these people had. So then he did the test on himself, realized that he was a psychopath but a full functioning, not evil one. <laughs> but he realized that like when he had like children and stuff, he never felt like the emotion that his wife had felt. And it was really hard to connect with her. And there were certain things that he did in his life where he wasn't worried about any consequences at all. Like he had a situation happen where his brother could have died and he wasn't worried about his brother dying. And then his brother found out and stopped talking to him sort of a thing because he's like, you psychopath, you I could have died on your watch. It was like a trip or something uh, that they shouldn't have gone to. And and anyway, so yeah, I guess you could be a psychopath. Well, not you, but like there could be psychopaths out there that are high functioning, sweet ones out there. Yeah, anyway. Exactly. Hair thinning impacts a lot of us. In fact, over half of us will experience hair thinning at some point in our lives. It's not only common, it's normal. Join over 1 million people who are doing something about it with Nutrafol. I've been recommending it to my friends and family. I take it. My mama, the queen, takes it. Queen, you love yeah. it. Oh, yeah. I recommend it to my hairstylist. I recommend my sister-in-law and even my niece. We range in age from like 22 to 67. They're loving it. Yeah, they are. It's a great Mother's Day gift. Oh, I love it. It's amazing. Nutrafol is the number one dermatologist recommended hair growth supplement with over 1 million people seeing thicker, stronger, faster growing hair with less shedding. Take the first step to visibly thicker, healthier hair. For a limited time, Nutrafol is offering our listeners $10 off your first month's subscription and free shipping when you go to Nutrafol.com and enter the promo code LOWLIFE. Find out why over 4,500 healthcare professionals and stylists recommend Nutrafol for healthier hair. Nutrafol.com spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L.com, promo code LOWLIFE. That's Nutrafol.com, promo code LOWLIFE. So the fact that you were on this show and had this experience, the first thing I want to start off with was when you went on this show, like full intent going into it was, I, I think there has to be a sense of like, one, I could maybe find love, but two, I think it's a smart career move. I think everyone across the board just knows that if you are going to get in the world of like influencing or launching your own products, it's a wonderful way to put yourself on the map. You're going into the freaking hearts and minds of America. Yeah, yeah. I know that some people get weirded out by saying that, like, because it looks like strategic, but I'm thinking at this point in the game, what are they, 20 something seasons in? I think it's just been established. Yeah, that's part of it. I think most people like nowadays are like willing to admit like, listen, I thought like, oh, cool. If I like went on the show, fell in love, like that'd be cool. You know, like I was like, that'd be pretty yeah. fun too. Uh, for me though, it wasn't necessarily like a career move because I was like selling beer. It wasn't like I was trying to be an actor. I was trying to be a TV host or anything like that. So I remember thinking going on the show, I was like, you know what? I'm going to travel. Like maybe I'll travel. That could be super fun. And then I was like, I'll make some friends. It'll be a fun campfire story you know what i mean It'd be like yeah. a fun party and who knows how far you'll go exactly and like i never thought i'd go as far as i did you know but i do remember having conversations because when i started to go through the casting process and then i i remember like my sister and mom were big fans of the show and my sister was of course just like all every you know, everybody else in america was in love with dean just absolutely infatuated with dean wait is dean the guy that ended up um accidentally killing someone no with his tractor 
that was the bachelor a few years ago so dean was like oops he's a van guy he lives in a van he's a tailor now <laughs> he like dated yeah he like, oh yeah okay. Yeah, okay yeah 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 yes yeah i know who that is so him so he was on like the season before me and um yeah my sister's saturated like most of america was and i remember i started to follow it and i started this because i was like going through the process and i was like is he making money i was like wait a minute is he making money on instagram and then i remember thinking cool i'll be able to pay my student loans off like that was what my goal was i was like cool i'll be able to pay my student loans off if you know if things work out or don't work out and then all of a sudden i got off the show and i was like whoa <laughs> like, i can make a lot of money <laughs> like this could be a living you know wow and it kind of took off from there yeah Oh, interesting. Okay. So, so once you get on the show, which I know there's a psychological evaluation, uh, they put you through immense testing, don't they? Just to make sure that you're not going to lose your shit. Although I'm sure there must be some people that slip through the cracks intentionally because it adds some spice to the show. Yeah. I think they want you crazy, but just not too crazy, like crazy enough. I think it's what they go for. Um, but yeah, it's, it's pretty intense. I remember the final weekend of the like audition process, if you will, they fly you in LA, they put you in a hotel. Like there was like 40, 45 of us. Um, obviously I didn't get to see the other guys at the time, but yeah, you go through blood tests, psych tests, STD tests. They sit you down in a room and they ask for like an hour and they ask you a ton of questions. Like all the producers, like 40 producers are in a room. They're asking you a ton of questions. So yeah, it's very intense, very, intimidating which i think is what they want they want to see how you'll act under pressure and stuff so it can be it, yeah. was, it was very intimidating at the time so once you went through the psychological gauntlet then you made you know you're going on the show which does the show pay you to go on they give you a little something something right no not at all actually to be a cast member no oh oh so if you are the bachelor or the bachelorette you'll make a lump sum Yes, you can make exactly you'll make a lump sum which honestly usually is about 100 100 grand it's usually what it is a lump sum of 100 grand yeah, I didn't get any. And everybody always asked me that. They're like, wait a minute. So I bought all my clothes. I mean, I, like we talked about on my podcast, like I'm not stylish at all. I didn't have a single suit to my name. So I went out and I bought like 10 suits. I went to like Express and H&M. And I like, you know, spent every dollar I had on like oh, suits, which wasn't wait, that much. That's so yeah. sweet. <laughs> yeah, I spent all my money on like suits. and just like redid my whole wardrobe. And then next thing I knew, man, it was like overnight. It was like all of a sudden I flew. I got a weird, so I had a unique story actually. So I got a call. Like, as I was going through the process, wasn't sure if I was on the show yet. And I got this call from a producer and they're like, hey, could you get off work on Tuesday and fly to LA? And I was like, yeah, I could probably make that work, you know? She's like, okay, why don't you ask and get back to me? So I was like, okay. So as soon as I hung up the phone, I called my sister. I'm like, what the hell is happening? I know the season isn't over. Like, why am I getting called out there? And she's like, holy shit, you're going to be on after the final rows. Like, you're going to meet the bachelorette live on television on the stage. So I started obviously like shitting myself. I was like freaking out. I was so nervous. <laughs> and I go on after the final rows and sure enough, they told me, you know, Becca's gonna be the bachelorette, and we're gonna have you meet her tomorrow on live television in front of seven million people. I was like, oh my god, you know, I was like, Becca Kufrin. Yes. Oh, okay. She's a sweetheart. I've met her. Yep. So I ended up meeting her on then, and then I had to go back to my real life for five days. I went back to work for five days after being on ABC, and everybody freaking out, like, wait a minute, you're gonna be on the next season of the Bachelorette, blah, blah blah blah. Then I went to on the show and was gone for you know close to three months. When you went back for those five days. That big dick energy. Didn't yeah, you? Totally, yeah. Yeah. What is the real feeling? Yes. Yeah, so I was one of those things too. So I, like, I work in the beer industry. So like, it is a very male dominated industry. So a lot of, of these guys are like, what's the big deal? You know, but there was a few, like I worked with like four or five girls who were like freaking out, you know, and they're like, oh yeah, my God, if, I can't wait to watch you, you know? Yeah. And if any of those guys have girlfriends or wives, they're probably watching it as well. So they're fans of you. 
Wow. Okay. So once you get on the show now, I didn't watch your particular season, but I've, I know about your character and I know about you through, well, Caitlin speaks highly of you. Jason loves you too. And so I know you worked with Caitlin uh, when she went on her off the vine tour uh, and yep. she was doing the live shows. So that's why that's another reason why I was like, Oh, I'm so excited to get him on my podcast just because I've always just heard great things about you. But that's the thing that's interesting about when you go on television, the way that these producers edited you, from my understanding, specifically, I think it was on Bachelor in Paradise. They made you out to be more of a boy, that type of energy. Yeah. A guy yeah, who, not you know, even a like, boy, like a monster, you know, <laughs> like, a monster. To be like a sexual predator. Yeah, it was pretty brutal. Yeah, <laughs> it was pretty. Brutal. Yeah, which is not reality, but that was definitely what you were branded with. So now, okay, now that you've been branded with this, I guess that's where you left off, you know, in that position on television. People, you know, obviously your friends and family know who you are, but I guess through the power of social media now, you can kind of help kind of change your image or, I mean, how do you even navigate something like that? Because I'm sure you're going to be getting some weird DMs, people, you know, getting pissed at you on the streets. I don't know. I'm just assuming, but was life really weird for you after you came off and everyone thought you were like Weinstein vibes? When I came off the bachelorette, you know, and I, I, what I always say is like, everybody's somewhere in between. Like the king, your queen, whoever you think is like the best is not as good as you think. And the villain yeah. and this worst person is not as bad as you think. Like everybody's somewhere in between, just like, you know, most people in the world, like everybody's somewhere in between. Nobody's perfect. Nobody's terrible, you know, evil, uh, or some people are, but not many people. But so I came off the bachelorette and I had like this sensitive and I was heartbroken, but I got to like sent very sensitive, um, like heartbroken, you know, edits and everything. So I came off of that season, like, at the hot, you know, like, Oh, everybody like loved you. Mm -hmm. And then I go into paradise and that's usually what happens in this franchise. Like you, you're at the top, they're going to crush you and bring you down. Cause that makes good television. Like that's the arc of a character. You know what I mean? You go oh, down, hop down. So I kind of knew I had been warned going into paradise. Like, Hey man, like you're on top of the mountain right now. Like they're going to bring you down. That's how it works. And they did, they did, they definitely did. And I guess, yeah, coming off the show, it was very hard for me because I had this, like, yeah, like I said, it wasn't this edit of, like, being a f but, like, I don't get people, like, I have sex, like, surprise, like, I have casual sex, like, you know, with women, like, yeah. you know, I don't lead anybody on, I'm very honest and upfront, and... And the people that you're having casual sex with are on the same page as you. Yes, 100%, like, they actually made sure I was on the same page as them, you know what I mean? Like, it was, yeah. like, people are, like, did you make sure they knew it was just sex? I was, like, no, they made sure I knew it was just sex, you know? So I try and, like, that's always my, like, I don't know what I do and if you know if I'm entering in a relationship or whatever where I don't you know, whatever it is and so coming off the show it was all of a sudden it was like everybody like I got to, like the bad boy image which is funny if you know me because like I'm not this like bad boy like you know I don't know that that like edit that they gave me on the show so it was this weird going from like America's Sweetheart to like this bad boy image and I think the coolest thing about so you get this platform from the show and yes obviously pretty much 98% of the people that follow you follow you because of the show. So it's this weird thing where they think you are somebody that was, you know, you're edited to be or who you were on the show. And then when you come off the show and you're just being yourself on Instagram, sometimes you'll lose those followers because they're like, I don't yeah. care about you anymore. You're not on the show. I want the bad boy. These, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So you lose these followers. But the cool thing about having that platform is it, it you're able to then build a following who follow you for who you are. So I think I'm, three years out now of the bachelorette and two from paradise. And I think I've gotten to the point where people who follow me know who I am, but not following me sure. for the show. They're following me for who I am, which I think is a pretty cool thing. You know, they can relate to who I am as a person rather than who this show and ABC edited me to be. So that's mm. kind of my 
strategy, if you will, coming off the show is like, I'm just going to be myself on, on Instagram. And I did lose a lot of followers right to start, you know, like a hundred thousand boom, but I've started slowly started to gain again. So it's been nice. Wow. Okay. So I'm just curious to know after that experience and this whole podcast is going to be about freaking bachelorette. I have other things to talk to you about, but I am fascinated by it, especially because I know what Caitlin's experience was and how she was edited Jason as well. And I mean, I'm friends with a lot of the people that have been on the franchise and they've all kind of shared their experiences, but I'm just curious to know, Blake, looking at this situation in retrospect, what's the best thing you got from this shit show, the bachelorette and paradise It's the best thing and the worst thing from the show and is there anything that you would have done different you're like yeah i wouldn't have gone on or i don't know maybe i go on my back and never gone no it has been a wild experience like i think me personally like there's been some other people on you know on the show who have had a lot of ups and downs but i think me personally have probably had the most ups and downs uh in the franchise more than most and i think the one thing like the best thing i've taken away from all that honestly is the relationships i've built um, whether it be with Jason and Caitlin, like they're some of my closest friends. Ben Higgins, a very close friend of mine. And just other people who I've met, you know, friends of friends and things like that. Uh, that's honestly probably the coolest thing, especially because when I was going through my rough period and I was going through my rough time, I got to find out who my real friends were. You know, I think that was pretty cool. I got to like weed out those fake people who wanted to be my friend because it helped their Instagram and it helped their following and it helped their engagement. So very quickly, I figured out who my real friends were. That was a blessing in disguise. So I have built real relationships and real friendships. So that's the nice. Yeah. And then probably the hardest, you know, or the worst thing to come, come out of it. I'm one of those people who's like, I don't like to like regret things because I am who I am. And you know, I'm at the point in my life. You have no regrets in life. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But I wish I would have slowed down a little bit. I think, you know, like people, one of the worst advice I ever got from the show was, and it's, it's honestly not true anymore. For for select few, it isn't anyway. And it's people were like, hey, this is fleeting and this is going to go away really fast. So you got to just hit the road, do everything you can, take advantage of every opportunity, blah, 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 blah. Mm. And I did lose myself a little bit, you know, because I thought, okay, I have to do every appearance, every event, every Instagram post for money, every blah, blah, blah. I was like, did you feel a little bit like it was like, it's going to disappear? Boom, blink of an eye. And that's what I was being told, you know? And so I did that. So I, I acted, my life for that year was insane. I was, couple cities a week. I was doing everything I possibly could. And I kind of lost myself in that because I was so worried about, I'm a big people pleaser. And I was so worried about, I gave my energy to a lot of different people. And I, I forgot to like, I was running on empty a lot. I forgot to take time for myself. So if I could go back, I think I'd change that. I think honestly, I'd be selfish. Like I'd be a little bit more selfish. You know, I'd, yeah. I'd take time for myself. And I think that's an important thing to remember um, when you're feeling drained and you're feeling like your tank's on zero, like just take a step back and be like, I need me time. Like, I, I don't want to do this event. I don't want to go and do this because I'm tired, you know? So if I go back, I think I'd change that. Oh, would I do it all again? Yeah, I really would. I'd do it. Or all any again. regrets, which you have none. Yeah, I, I really don't. I mean, I think, you know, even all that shit I went through in paradise and stagecoach, I'm sure you've heard like I'm the stagecoach guy, but like, I don't even know where that comes from. Some shit went down at stagecoach, which for people that don't know, that's a country music festival. It's a, it's a bunch of country artists. I've gone a couple times with country artists, but now I'm not a big country person, but now I am because, you know, I worked with a couple artists. I'm like, oh, this is a good time. But for that stagecoach situation, there was drama that happened with, is it Kaylin? So, yes. It's a huge bastionate, like stagecoach, literally everybody in Master Nation is a stagecoach. Like all past contestants are a stagecoach. Oh, wow. It's a lot of white people. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> 100%. Bunch of white people in like cowboy hats and tank tops and, you know, Cute. Daisy Dukes. Yeah, Daisy Dukes and stuff. So 
basically all the imagination was there at the time you know i was like like i talked about like this american sweetheart and everything and so i had a table at this party after i think it was friday night every girl from colton season came to my table who was the season before or my season basically came to my table we were all hanging out um and i ended up hooking up with christina one night and then kaylin the next um and it wasn't like that thing where it was like hey like i love you like like a date it was literally like let's have sex it's nothing more nothing less from her that's what she said and vice versa same thing with christina so all right yeah that like something i wish i probably would have done yet but at the time i was like two beautiful women want to have sex with me like i'm not a monster and these were wait but did you guys have a threesome or is this two different times these are two different times one night one friday one saturday night and thing is is like everything was fine like it was like we were friends and everything and then all of a sudden of course you know everybody gets on camera and decides to make a narrative out of it which is fine you know i mean it it was horrible you know and especially because some things weren't true that were said and that's kind of where the backfire happens yeah but that was the whole stage code you were dragged for that very much so very much so and it wasn't necessarily nothing nobody really cared that much like i had sex like or they did for that matter like nobody like sex is set like you know what i mean like if you're just having casual sex that's okay it was some other things that were said unfortunately um by caitlin that were not true but they made a very good story and so the producers ran with it and the show ran with it i had to stand up for myself uh, and that was very difficult to do. Uh, I don't regret it, but it was very difficult to do. Uh, but yeah, that's where like the whole like stagecoach and paradise went down. But like looking back now, I don't necessarily regret it because Dean and Kaylin are together and they're happy as hell and they got a place together in Vegas. And they're like going to probably get married. Hannah G and Dylan are together and fucking going to get married. Just bought a house together in San Diego. So it's like okay. I feel like I'm the good. I'm like the good luck chuck of Fashion Nation. Okay, <laughs> that's who I am. You know. When you say that shit was made up about you, are we talking like oh he was a dog and he didn't text me back or he said something but meant something else or uh, it wasn't consensual and you could be prosecuted? It was, yeah, it was, he sweet-talked me into bed, played me, ghosted me, and silenced me, is oh, what shit. the, uh, yeah, that's what the uh, narrative was. And I even remember reaching out to producers and being like, she didn't say any of this to my face. Um, but then when I when I uh, got back home and I started to hear some of the, because we all talk when everybody gets back on the beach. Yeah, And all the girls started reaching out, and I would, like, talk to some of the girls, and they were like, do you know Caitlin said this about you? I was like, what, come again? I was like, come again? You know, I was like, wait a minute. And I reached out to producers, you know, and I was like, listen, if you want to run with the boy at it, fine. But if you put in like that, I silenced her and I sweet talked her and all this other stuff. And we're like, I'm going to have to stand up for myself. And they did. They not only did they keep it in there, but they fucking pounded it over ahead over and over again. Oh, <laughs> they, like no. every time chance they got. So I unfortunately had to release the truth um, through text messages, which was hard to do and something I never wanted it to come to. Uh, but I felt like I had no choice because I was getting buried. And oh, yeah. Was burying me. Yeah. The show was burying me. And you know, a beautiful white woman on national television. I was pretty much, so um, yeah, it was very hard. It was very hard. Um, I don't regret it. I would do it again, but um, it was one of the hardest decisions. I mean, I was having a panic attack. I was, I was breathing into a paper bag on my mom's deck with no clothes on because I was like having a panic attack when I released those text messages. Like the hardest decision I've ever had. Oh, the tech, that would basically vindicate you. Yeah. And it, but the bar, problem, the hard part was not only with, like it would vindicate me, like it would show the truth. But she, it was going to bury her. You know, it was one of those things where I was like, do I just let her run off into the sunset, like completely, you know? And so it was one of those like, and again, if it was just like a little bit, like if they hadn't put the silencing part in, I might've not done anything, but that only right. they put it in, but they put it in like four or five times throughout the, the episode. And when you, when someone says they're being silenced, what does that even mean? Like you threatened her? Like, if you say anything, I'm going to. Exactly. That's the problem is like that, that people ran with that. 
and they made it seem like I did that. Like it was like I was this monster who like was like, don't you can tell anybody like, well, you know, yeah, very threatening. Oh, shit. They're very bad. And that's the thing. If they honestly, I think if they hadn't put that in, I think I would never have reacted the way I are, you know, had to defend myself. I would not have had to defend myself. But not only did they put it in once, but they put it in like four or five times. It's one thing to be a f- boy. Um, I yeah, get exactly. Blake, you're a good looking guy. You like to have some fun. I, I don't even want to say it's a f- boy. I think you're just comfortable in your sexuality and and you're down to be physical with people. But being that and being a predator are two very different things. Exactly. So I get why you would feel the need to definitely clear your name. Interesting, though, that you were like panicking about it because I would have done it without even worrying about throwing someone under the bus. I wouldn't worry about it. I'd be like, sorry, this like, look what you're doing to me. Like, I can't let this continue. I know. That's um, what like most people say. Like, I remember when I first did it, like a lot of vaccination people privately were like on my stage. They're like, dude, you had to do that. Like, I would have done that too. Publicly, they wouldn't really couldn't say that. But like, Privately, they were like, dude, I wouldn't even feel bad about it. <laughs> Fucking bury her, man. She tried to bury you. you know, like, Yeah, in that sense, because reputation is everything. All you have is, you know, your word and your name and your name. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, my God. Have you spoken to her at all? No, no we haven't spoken in two years. No, we haven't. Yeah, we, we're not getting coffee or anything. Yeah, yeah. We haven't spoken in two years, unfortunately. And sucks. I'm actually going to be the godfather to her child. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Part of that whole thing was like me and Caitlin were friends leading up to paradise. Like, I don't know what happened. Like, I don't know why. I was texting her before Paradise being like, how you, like, she was like freaking out because people knew. And I was like, don't worry about it. It'll be okay. Like, it's not a big deal. I don't know what what slipped. I don't know if she got in the room, producers got to her and were like, Blake's a monster. Like, sort of, you know, I don't know what happened. Something slipped. We were friends. And it sucks because I'm very, I love Dean. Dean is Oh, like yeah. Dean's older, your like, homie. You know? Yeah. I just hung with Dean in Mexico for like a, you know, a month ago for a bachelor party. Like, I'm like, dude, fuck, I miss you, man. But you know, it's just never, he's like, you silenced my girl. <laughs> he, no, he, he, I'll never forget. He's, he, he was basically like, man, I understand what you did, but she's my girlfriend. I have to defend her. I was like, I get it. You know, you know that's fine. You know? Yeah. As long as you understand why I did what I did, you know? <laughs> so Interesting dynamic. Yeah. Okay. So. I imagine having to go through that and having people with some strong opinions. Now we get into the world of Instagram and influencing. I know people hate the word influencer. I don't because if you're influencing people in a positive way uh, and you're doing good stuff, then I don't think it's toxic. But I think for the most part, Instagram can be pretty toxic, at least for me, my experience with it. I'm very careful, you know, as I navigate. I only, you know, set certain times that I can go on and I mute the hell out of a lot of people. And there's little things that, you know, you can hit the mute button so I don't have to see their stories. I'll follow them. People get worked up if you unfollow. I don't need to do that. You know, I'll just <laughs> mute your ass and not have to see you. That sort of a thing. But I, I do that as like a self-preservation thing because I don't sometimes need to see, you know, a bunch of selfies or whatever it is someone's posting. So that being said, I'm just curious because, you know, you're on the gram. You definitely make money off of Instagram, which is a whole nother world, by the way. That's a fascinating yeah, business Very in itself. Nice. Yeah, it is. And it's a big business. I think this year I saw an article that said influencing market is going to top like $3 billion, $3 billion in marketing, like on social media influencing. It's crazy. Like it's wow. become a huge thing. And it works. That's the craziest part. It's like I thought for a while I was like almost stealing money. I'm like, you're going to pay me to do what? But then I'm like, wait you made how much off of my post? Like how many did I sell? Sell? You know, I'm like, oh shit, this is oh, so pretty yeah. crazy. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. I was just wondering, what do you do in your own personal life 
to stay mentally healthy? What are you doing to just not go insane? You go into therapy? What's happening, Blake? Yeah. So Instagram and, and Twitter and I'm not on TikTok, but I know TikTok can be a dark place, but they can all be very dark places. And you can, you can go to that, like, you can go down that rabbit hole. Yeah. You can go down that rabbit hole of like, sometimes, you know, and I'm sure you know what it's like. Like, you look for the bad comment sometimes. I, you know, I don't know why. I can't explain why I do this sometimes. Oh, like on your own pictures? Yeah. Yeah. Or like, especially when I was going through my, so basically I was, I was in a deep place, deep, dark place there for a while. Um, You know, I didn't leave bed for like two months. I was, I was bad. It was really bad for me because I, I had never really been that person. Like I, I mean, I'll be honest. Like I, I had never been like the villain in my life. You know, I've never been that person or some. Even I'm also one of those people who don't like it when people don't like me. So like that's the whole country like not liking me for a while. Like it was pretty brutal. You know, were you getting death um, threats too? Oh yeah, my, I was getting death threats. My mom was getting death threats. My grandma got a death threat. Like we all got like very. I got something dropped at my door. That freaked me out. What was dropped? A like, dead chicken with blood? No, it was like a. It was like a letter that was like F- you. Yeah, it oh. was like. Oh, I thought it was like Bruja, like the witches. No, <laughs> yeah, like, oh, they're casting a dark spell. Hanging from the door. Yeah. No, but I got shit like that, and um, I, it was hard for a very long time. I was very low. I didn't know how to like. I didn't. I was one of those people who, for a very long time, you know, growing up and stuff, like you know how there's like the toxic masculinity thing where it's like rub some dirt on it and don't talk about your feelings and don't talk about when you're down and feeling depressed. Is that how you were raised? Yes. I mean, to a degree, like my dad's always, he's a tough guy. He doesn't talk very often about in my, for that, my mom doesn't really either. Like, it's yeah. just like, we have one of those families who don't really, we do now because of the show, but for a long time, oh, we didn't wow. really discuss. Yeah. We didn't really discuss problems. I don't, I don't really know why we we're just kind of like one of those who didn't communicate feelings and stuff. And so for me, it changed the show changed for me. And that was when I first decided, I was like, I got to change something because I am in a dark place everybody's freaking out around me. They've never seen me like this. I'm usually very happy, positive. I couldn't work out. Like that was huge for me. Like I'm a huge physical health guy and I couldn't get out of bed to work just out. Just had no energy, no, no motivation. No motivation. Yeah. I just didn't want to get out of bed. I just couldn't explain it. I couldn't like figure it out. I was like, tomorrow, I'm going to get out of bed tomorrow, tomorrow. And then the morning would come, couldn't get out of bed. So mm. I reached out for help. And that was like the biggest thing for me. Uh, I got into therapy, uh, found an incredible therapist who I still go to today. Um, and that helped a ton just to talk it out. Oh, that's nice. And I like talked to, to some friends, you know, like even like a lot of my three of my guy friends who I have known for a decade or more. This is like an example of how men don't talk about like their feelings and stuff. Like three of them, all three of them were on antidepressants and in therapy. And I had no idea. They were like, dude, I want you to know, like, I've been through this. I've been going through this. I've been fighting this for the last five years. I'm like, what? Like, why didn't you tell me? Like, why doesn't anybody talk about this stuff? You know, so that was kind of like an eye opener. It was like, oh, like there's other guys and other men going through this, you know? And so that was an eye opener for me. And that was something now, like, that's why I talk so openly about it. Because even if it's like a couple people, a guy here, got girl there, whatever, who feel comfortable enough to then reach out for help or to speak on it, you know, then I've done my part, you know, and I feel good about what I've done. So and of course, I still get the guys who eventually, you know, occasionally go, oh, you're a fucking pussy, you know, so quit talking about your feelings, you know, that kind of thing. But, you know, it is what it is. Oh, shit. That's so, so shitty that <laughs> the guys are like that. Some guys are like that. But I mean, I think that normalizing talking about mental health and struggles with it is becoming way more of the norm. I think if you are keeping it in, it's almost like, what's going on with you? Let's explore that. Like something happened, some past trauma you need to deal with. Like, who, hurt <laughs> who hurt you? Who hurt you? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So wait, you're going to therapy a couple times a week back then? Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I'd go twice a week back then. And I'm down, you know, I go now maybe like twice a month now or, you know, whenever, or if I'm feeling down, I reach out. But yeah, that's, that's, that was probably huge for me. And now I'm very, you know, I try to break the stigma around therapy. Like, I think a lot of people think it's like witchcraft or voodoo or like, they're like, you know, trying to like brainwash you, you know? And I'm like, no, you literally just sit there and talk. Like, it's, it's great. Have you ever gone to a shaman or a healer or anything like that? You, you down for some crystal energy? I would totally be up for it though. I have not, but I'm totally up for it. I just started exploring that. It's very interesting stuff. Really? Healers. Oh, they did a sage ceremony around me. They had me dripping in oils. They ha- I was coughing up a storm. It was like hot boxing with sage. It was a lot. That's so LA. That's so it, LA. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm, I'm all for it. Any way of like bettering yourself in a spiritual, mental way, I'm going to explore that avenue. Even if, you know, it ends up not being something I'm into. I just look at it like why not try it out you know yeah no i i agree I completely like why not try it's not gonna hurt you <laughs> it's like hurt you in any way so like why not try it yeah one of the one of the biggest things too i do now which never thought i'd do uh is i have a journal like i keep a journal you know <laughs> and i like i uh i started that on the bachelorette actually because you're bored out of your mind so you do journal a lot and i've just kind of kept up with it um and i have this thing called the seven minute journal now i don't know if you've ever heard of that but it actually has prompts you it's like goals for the day you know what did you accomplish yesterday like things like that you know in which i like i like to be prompted so yeah. every morning i get up write in that and every night i get i go to bed i write in that so that's that's pretty cool because I've, I've been able to like i don't know like focus i guess on my like goals and and uh, you know opportunities or things like that have i reached certain things that i want to do and is my mind right and my set you know that kind of thing so that's that's been something that's had a very positive impact how are you when you write in your journal i journal religiously Every single day. I've been doing it for years and I love going back and reading some of my old entries. It's crazy the shit that you'll forget. How long have you been journaling now? So now it's close to three years. Oh, okay, great. So yeah, but I've I've noticed a lot of people that have gone through some shit tend to lean into journaling and it's helped them a lot. The reason why I started doing it was one through my therapist. He recommended starting that like a decade ago, but throughout learning through uh, people's stories, like Dak Shepard, for example, I believe Stephen Colbert, he journals every day. Uh, There's a lot of different people in the industry who like do that sort of thing to have like a mental clarity. So I'm all for it, but I'm just curious when you're writing in your journal, are you writing in first person, third person? Like what are you writing in? Like, what do you, what's a journal entry look like for you? What are you saying? (laughs) So I'm first, no, I think about first person. Hey Blake. Like, yeah. Yeah. Hey Blake. No, I'm like, so I'd be like, you know, I went for a walk today. I I thought about blah, blah, blah. So is that, is that. That's in first person. So you're writing it out. And then do you usually do like gratitude in there too? Yes. So yeah, I have that in my journal too. I do like gratitude. I'm thankful for things like that. Yeah. Nice. Okay. Love that you do that. And I think it helps people tremendously with their mental health. It's such a good thing to do. I'm very interested in going down this little rabbit hole with you, this next little topic, Blake, but it's fascinating because I, I posed the question on the gram. I said, what do you guys want to know about Blake? People are so fascinated by your dating life, Blake. You like to have some casual sex. Maybe that's the appeal of it. Maybe there's a little bit of that bad boy, but you seem like a sweetheart, but maybe a sweetheart that could break your freaking heart, rip it out at the same time. Maybe there's appeal in that. You know, they said there's a lot of girls out there uh, who love a guy that could end up treating them like shit. Not that you would do that. <laughs> but I know what you mean. I know what you're getting at. <laughs> but maybe just based on your reputation, you know, uh, there's some appeal to that. So I'm so curious, and my listeners, I'm, I'm going to read you some questions on here, but they're asking, 
who is Blake dating right now? What's his dating life like? And I'm just curious to know, are people sliding into your DMs? I know for uh, female clients that I have that are single, guys are very aggressive. I have one client in particular, and she will have athletes and all these different guys, some of them in relationships, just Mm-hmm. completely being shady and messaging her. She doesn't even respond to them, but she was showing me, I was like, Oh my God, like, I can't believe this guy who's like happily married with children. That's very public in the, you know, public arena is messaging you. So I'm just curious on your end, being a male with a 97% female following, are you getting thirst traps sent to you on the daily? Yeah. I, uh- <laughs> One thing I'll say is, yes, men are creepy and nasty, but women are just as creepy and nasty. Like I, <laughs> my DMs, my DMs can get really? super weird. Yes. And I completely, you're so right about like people who like are in relationships or married with children. Like I had, I have girls, women fight my DMs all the time. And I'll go to their profile. And I'm like, you have four kids in a happy marriage. I'm like, what is that? You know, it's super weird. Quote unquote, happy marriage. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Like, and they'll say some weird things, you know, and like, it's like, I don't know, it's very strange to me. And in a way, it's kind of ruins like relationships for me a little bit, you know, I'm like, can yeah. I trust anybody, you know? And unfortunately, that's kind of what this like world has kind of done. I am dating though. I am dating. I'm not dating anybody like, unfortunately right now, but I'm out there in the dating pool I'm on the dating apps, you know, I'm all that kind of stuff. What, what um, apps you, you on Grinder? not on (laughs) grinder wouldn't that be the best could you imagine blake you're like low i feel so comfortable with you i'm actually like to say that i'm literally gay i'm coming out holy shit headline there's your clickbait headline yeah oh my god so uh what is like raya's out there you got some hinge little bumble uh i don't know apps you're using but are yeah i would say bumble hinge i am on the wait list on raya oh you need that refer code for those of you who don't know raya is an app for people in the entertainment industry and yeah, it's usually a bunch of actors models. I have to say though, uh, from what I've learned from Raya is I think it's just more of like a, like for your ego, no one actually meets up. It just feels good to know like, Oh, like one of my girlfriends is like, Oh my God, John Mayer wanted to sleep with me. Like we matched. And I was like, okay, that's cool. You know, it made her feel good. That. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she just felt good about herself, but like they never met up. They don't message each other, that sort of thing. But who knows? You could find love on that app. Do you sometimes get nervous uh, meeting up with people on those apps? Because if I was a female and we matched up, I would think you were catfishing me. Mm. So do you have to do like a FaceTime to verify? Because it's like, I'm actually the real deal. I'm not trying to chop you up and put you in a glad bag. I get DMs all the time of like screenshotted of my Bumble. And they're like, hey, somebody's posing as you on Bumble. No, that's me. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it is, it can be like, I do, like, I'll fully, truly admit, like I have trust issues. Like I do, yeah. uh, you know, from paradise or just from like, sometimes I'll go on a date or I'll, you know, I'll freaking be with somebody and then they'll turn around and tweet about it. Or they'll turn around and write about it. And like, that's obviously a huge turn. Oh, that sucks. Um, yeah. So, but it, it comes with the territory, you know, like, I don't want to be like, Oh, poor Blake. It's like, no, like, <laughs> you know, I still have a lot of cool things, you know, but sure. like, I would be so scared to send a dick pic though. I would. Yeah. Oh, oh like never, never. I, right. There's Even no way like, that's not going to be released. In relationship, I'm like scared because I'm like, she'll get mad at me in a year if we break up and she's probably on the internet, you know, TMZ, that shit. So. Oh, you're so right. Oh my, Blake, how are you going to, how are you going to do a relationship? How are you going to do this? How are you going to find love? I'm going to die alone. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? It's going to have to be someone that I, I don't know what your type is. 
I don't know. I picture I picture you wanting some spice. I think you want a Latina in your life. I do want a spice. Yes, very much. I would think so. Just because I feel like you, you're like a nice, mellow, calm energy. I think you want to bring some spicy Latina just to make things a little toxic. No. Yeah, but there exactly. That's the problem. Is I like my people. He's like, yeah, like, 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 like these like mean women. <laughs> like, and it turns out to be like that's who I'm attracted to. I gravitate towards women who like treat me like shit. You know? I know. It doesn't Damn. end well. It doesn't end well. <laughs> oh my god. Okay, so I want to ask you some questions. A lot of people have been asking Blake. These are coming from the listeners. I need to know the truth about him and Elise. <laughs> yeah. Who's Elise? Is this a girl that you were hooking up with? Nope. She's a friend of mine. Uh, it's, it's, she's from the show. She was on Colton season. And uh, we just, I don't know really how it started. We just became, I think it was during, oh no, she came to my gig in Arizona like a year and a half ago. I played a DJ set out there. And she came. And we just started talking, we hit it off and we became friends. And then during quarantine, we'd like, you know, cause you're bored out of your mind, we'd FaceTime and we just became super close friends. And she's actually moving to Denver here and we're thinking about being roommates. So like, oh, we're, wow. just, we're just friends. I promise. Like everybody's like, you guys are hooking up. No, we're just friends. There's no romantic, you know, feelings with either of us there. We're just friends. So could you see it getting a little romantic? No, uh, no. We're to the point where no, it's just. Yeah. Well, if you guys are going to like live together as roommates, potentially. Yeah. We're just yeah, friend zone. Um, but yeah, it's, it's cool. Like I, I love, you know, the, like having a male and female friendship with, with like no romantic feelings or anything. So oh, it's great. It's amazing. Great. she's great. Yeah. What is one of your uh, craziest dating app stories? Yeah, I had one and actually it was right before the show. So I went on a date with this girl. It was great. It was like, went really well. So we went on a second date. Uh, we ended up making out and then like, was this in Los Angeles? No, it was not. It was in Denver. Okay. <laughs> and then like three days later, she gets drunk. It was like a Friday night. She gets super drunk and she called me like 32 times, you know, it was like something crazy, you know? And I was like, that freaks me out. That freaks me out a little bit. Uh, didn't talk to her after that, obviously. And then I want to know why the 32 phone calls came. Yeah. So, so two years later, after the show goes, I'm at a football game here in Denver. People are coming up, taking photos, you know, in the line, she's in the line. She gets to me, she snaps the photo and she's like, do you recognize me? And I was like, you look really familiar. She's like, yeah, I'm that psycho who calls you like 30 sometimes after, the show, after uh, our date. And I was like, no. I was like, I totally remember. She's like, I'm so sorry. I got really drunk. And I was excited about you. And I was like, 30 is a lot of calls. So she's like, I know. I'm sorry. It was, it was like this cool moment of like, <laughs> I watched you on television after I totally creeped you out. Like, you know, like it was one of those. Oh, well, I mean, good for her for coming up to you and being like, I was the psychopath that just had a drunken moment. Kind of love that. I kind of want you to go on another date with her. I know, right? Maybe she's the one that got away. You know? Yeah. <laughs> True love. Okay, I have another one for you. Uh, favorite song that you have on your playlist right now? Because you do DJ. So what song is on repeat? Are you just DJing a lot of country music? No, everybody thinks that. I don't. <laughs> I don't really. So are we talking what I put in my set or like what I listen to personally? I want to go with what you listen to personally to get you hyped up to go and work out and go to the gym. I, uh, right now, actually, I just, I just found this awesome one that's on repeat right now. And it's, uh, it's a remix of, I can't think of the name of the person who remixed it, but it's called We Found Love. And it's like this EDM dance. It gets me hyped. I don't know. I like EDM. Oh, I love it. It gets me hyped. It's called We Found Love. Can't think of it. It's probably, it's by V, like Vander's some remix. So check that out. Check that out. Yeah. Do you have a Spotify playlist? 
I do. I do. It's just Blake Horseman all under caps with no space. Oh, it's probably so good. It's, 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 I'm not gonna, I have this, <laughs> I put, posted a, this like sex playlist, like a sexy time playlist. Yeah. And it's, it's penetration like, playlist. Yeah. It's called Damn. That's what I yeah. called it. Damn. And it's, yeah, it does super well. Like people like still reach out. I posted like two months ago. People still reach out and be like, this playlist got me like awesome. So I'm so excited to follow your penetration playlist. And also, do you have a workout one on there too? Yep. I got a workout one. Uh, uh, things are getting easier one where it's like happy days, you know, to get you up in a good mood. Yeah. Get out of the depression. <laughs> yeah. 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 Perfect. Uh, and then someone else is asking here, would you be open to going on any other bachelor shows? Oh, this is, this is such a difficult question for me because I didn't go on paradise this year. Decided, you know, that wasn't for me. Intentionally. You're like, no, thanks. It was one of those things where there was conversations had. I didn't get the actual, it wasn't like, Hey, we'll, we bought you a ticket. You're coming out now. But it was like, would you be interested? Where are you at? Like, we'd love to have you kind of thing. It's hard, man, because I, so I still believe in the process after all the shit I went through the ups and downs. I still believe you can find a person in that environment. I've seen it happen. What? Me, I've seen it. Yeah, I know. Oh my God, Blake, you're drinking the Kool-Aid. I know. Oh God, I should not be a believer. Intervention. In you're in a cult. <laughs> <laughs> I believe in love. Uh, you can find it. No, maybe. You're right. You've, you have seen it, but it's not as common, but you've definitely witnessed healthy relationships come out of that. Yes. I've witnessed <laughs> a, lot, a lot of toxic relationships, but I've witnessed some really good relationships. So I still believe in it. And so for that, I would maybe go on the show, but it's so hard for me because now I have so many walls up in that environment. And then I just like, I think the only way to really find somebody in those environments is to be completely open and completely vulnerable and trust everybody. And I don't know if I could do that. You know, I don't know if I could be myself. So maybe, you know, maybe one day I'll like, you know, feel ready to go again. But I just, at this point, I don't know. Yeah. I feel like, well, I don't know this about you, but you seem like you're pretty comfortable being single. You're a lone wolf. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I do like being single and like having my time and everything, but I'm, I'm getting to the point where I'm, 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 I'm buying, I'm in next, you know, within the next two weeks, I'm buying like a four bedroom, you know, house with like a yard and like, I'm like, Why? I think, uh, <laughs> what? because it's pretty awesome. It's pretty awesome. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so I'm kind of in Denver. Like, I'm in Denver. Yes. In Denver. Yeah. Um, I'm up to the point where I'm definitely ready for a relationship and I have been for like a year or so. Like I've dated two, I've been in two relationships for the last like two years and they didn't work out, but like, I'm ready to like, yeah, settle down a little bit. Yeah. Exactly. Put some roots down. You have. I mean, a four-bedroom house, that's sick. You, you need right? a partner in crime. Have some babies. Are you going to have a lot of babies, Blake? Do you want a lot of kids? I want probably three, I think. Three kids. I don't know three if that's a perfect. lot or not. Yeah, yeah. So let's jump into a round of rapid-fire questions with Blake Horseman. Here we go. Cottage on the beach or cabin in the woods? Cabin in the woods. Right. Celebrity crush. Let's go with female. And then I want to know your male celebrity crush too. So this is actually super easy for me. Blake Lively and Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> oh, beautiful. <laughs> yeah, I get it. 100%. Ryan Reynolds, uh, his humor, his wit, he's so quick. Love that. If your belly button had a magical power, any power when you press it, what would you make your belly button do? I, it would just spend like vitamin water. I really like vitamin water. <laughs> <laughs> Just a freaking stick, a hose, a little funnel on there. <laughs> Amazing. What's your go-to cheat meal? Pizza, honestly. Basic AF, but pizza. A uh, pizza spot. Since it's pizza, I'm just curious to know, like, what pizza joint are you ordering from? 
Are you going franchise or like a small little hole in the wall? Small hole in the wall. The dirtier, the better. Like the smallest hole in the wall ever. There's like this place by me in Denver uh, called Pudge Brothers Pizza. It's like this local place and it has amazing pizza. Amazing. Uh, when are you most inspired? Uh, is watching other people succeed. Like I'm one of those people who like I, there's enough success to go around. Like it shouldn't be this conflict of like, oh, he's more successful than me. He's more successful than me. It's more of like, we can all be successful together. So when I see somebody else be successful, I'm like, oh, I want to get to that point. You know, or I can do that too. So. Yeah. Yeah, of course. Lifting each other up. Yeah. What movie is a mood changer for you? This is a movie you've watched more than once. Maybe you can even quote it, but I'm not going to have you quote it right now. But just that movie that just, and by the way, a mood changer, like it could be a depressing movie. Someone said Schindler's List before. So like whatever, I know it's a little heavy for a Thursday, but whatever movie, uh, mood changer that you just love to watch. So if I want to get in like kind of like a inspired mood or like a that's a mood, I really like I really like Braveheart. Like Braveheart gets me going. Oh, so much. It's sad, but it's also like I want to like run through a brick wall, you know? Yeah. I get it. I love Gladiator, so that's my mm, that's like, a good one. brave movie. Makes me feel like a total butch dude. What is your uh, top love language? Are you familiar with the love languages? So there's acts of service, physical touch, words of affirmation, gifts, and quality time. What is the number one on Blake Horseman's list? So this is super interesting because I just retook the test about a couple months ago because it's been a long time and I thought maybe it changed and it did. My current is words of affirmation, which was last. It was last before the show. So I was a physical touch guy. And then it was physical touch uh, time. uh, And then the rest were pretty close. So now now it's words of affirmation and physical touch. So something on the show, like I've switched to where I need like that. You know, the show fucks me up so bad that now I need people to tell me how much they like me instead of just build the walls up around you and just hear the words. That's all you need, Blake, at this particular point in your life. What's the last show that you binge watched? I just finished Titans on HBO and I'm kind of, I've turned into a big sci-fi guy, like a, you know, like superhero guy, Titans. It's like, uh, Robin and wonder girl. Oh yeah. uh, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. So good. Oh my God. I think, uh, one of my best friends is in that show. How cool. Yeah. Yeah, Elliot Knight. Uh, okay. Let's go into what's something that people commonly get wrong about you. A lot of people think I'm like this super intense, serious guy. Uh, and I think a lot of that's from really? the show. Yeah, they, yeah, yeah. I don't think it's from the show because um, I was very intense on the show. Uh, I was like in love, and it was very hard, you know. But I'm not like I'm a very actually laid back, like go with the flow guy. You know, I'm very much like you take the reins. I just kind of want to hang out and have a good time, kind of guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. When you die and you come back to this world and you believe in reincarnation, let's just use that. Which animal would you choose to come back to this? miserable planet as god through this podcast i realized i'm fucking basic like i'm super basic because i'd be like an eagle like i just want to like fly around i think flying would be i don't think that's basic okay good and a freaking bald eagle yeah a predatory a predatory bird i think they're incredible (laughs) (laughs) it's a predatory bird sorry no eagles are amazing i love that and uh, we always like to leave the low lifers with uh, some just words going into the weekend, a nice quote. So if there's something that you like to live by, whether it's something you tell yourself or something you've read somewhere, but just can you leave the low lifers with a little something, something to go into the weekend, feeling good with you, Blake? I think one, one quote I always like is tomorrow you will regret not starting yesterday. 
So that's always something I always think about. It's like, stop putting things off to tomorrow because you're going to regret it and wish you started it yesterday. So that's my little quote for the day, inspirational quote that. for the day. Yeah. Oh my God. I needed to hear that. I procrastinate so much. Blake, thank you so much for being here. I, I want to uh, give the listeners all the deets on where they could find your beautiful American face. Where can people get in touch with you on the gram and then also your podcast, which I did an episode and I loved it. Thank you for having me on yours. Uh, but where can people find you? Uh, you can find me on the gram at balakea.h, B-A-L-O-C-K-A-Y-E.h. Uh, you can find me on Twitter under the same, but I, I never tweet. Uh, and then yeah, follow and subscribe and listen to my podcast behind the rose podcast. And hopefully I'll be coming to a city near you DJing. I think I got a couple on the docker right now. I got Nashville next weekend and Chicago, Denver, Austin, and San Diego. Oh, wow. Fun things in the works. Yeah. Yeah. So hopefully city near you keep an eye out. Oh my God. I hope that all of these events are actually happening. Cause that Delta variant is just uh, dude, I'm buying. I'm, I'm about to like drain all my savings account and buy a house. It's DJing. If like the world goes in closure again, uh, I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm going to have five roommates. Like I don't know what I'm going to do. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, I'm sure they're all going to pull through. You know, and I'm excited for you to hopefully get your ass over here to LA because when you come to LA, Blake, I'm going to be styling you. We're going to hang out. I can't freaking wait to freaking see you in person. But again, thank you for being here. And yeah, have a good rest of your day. Good chat. See you. Thank you for listening to today's episode of the Low Life Podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. All right, we got some great shows coming in hot for you for some very special guests. Low Life for favorites. Canadian Maple Delight herself. Miss Caitlin Bristow's coming back for more. Jason Tardick. I also have The Queen. My mama, she'll be back for more episodes. Seconds and thirds. We need all we can get from her. And I also have some of my closest, nearest, and dearest friends who will be coming on the podcast, and you will love them. I'm excited for some of the experts coming up, too. I have a cannabis expert. We're going to talk about smoking weed, uh, CBD oil, and all things cannabis, which is great because that's a new world of exploration for a lot of people, especially now that it's legalized in a lot of places. So I figured, why not have an expert and ask all the questions about it so we can learn more? I have a cool dietitian coming on and just experts like that, that I could always learn something from. Because this podcast, I always want to explore the curiosities that life has to offer. And you guys are going on the journey with me and giving me some great input on the Facebook group. Oh, I love it so much. If you haven't had a chance to join the Facebook group, come on and join the party. It's great. <laughs> I love it because I'm able to put faces with the names that I see and get to know you guys a lot more and continue the conversation and and we're talking about everything and anything in the Low Life Facebook group. And it's a great place to continue to build this community, which I'm so freaking thankful for. So I just want to say thank you to my listeners. Really, though, we can continue to put out these shows and produce free content for you guys because of your love and support. And you taking the time to rate this podcast, follow it, also giving it five stars and leaving a review. Oh my gosh, it helps so much. It makes a huge difference, especially for an up-and-coming little shit show like the Low Life Podcast. Uh, you taking the time to leave that review and multiple reviews, the more the better. Um, again, really make a difference for a new podcast. Any podcast, but new ones specifically. Yeah, it's a game changer. So thank you for doing that. Because if you leave the reviews, the more reviews, it helps with the analytics, the algorithm, it helps with getting sponsors. That's also another way you could really help podcasts is by using my sponsor codes. That's very important too. Uh, but again, with the sponsor codes and thank you for supporting our sponsors because then they come back and again, 
we can continue to do free shows for you. Um, but doing that and then also leaving the reviews, I want to say thank you and show some gratitude. I was thinking to myself, what better way to show some gratitude to my lowlifers, my kings and queens, than to express my love through my favorite love language, which is gifts. And who doesn't love a little free shit once in a while? So that's what we're doing. I'm opening up the Low Life Gifting Suite, and I'll be sending out gifts to my listeners. So if you take the time to leave a review, it could be anything you want it to be. Uh, you could leave an emoji, throw a couple dick emojis my way, an eggplant or two, a unicorn, a sunshine, a tamale, <laughs> whatever you put really helps. But please make sure you leave your IG handle in the review uh, because I'll be picking people at random, sliding into your DMs to get your address. And I'll be sending you a little something, something, a delicious bottle of wine, some Poot the Trail mix, my favorite skincare products, some hyaluronic serums, some of my go-to Amazon finds and gift cards are what I'll be sending out to my listeners. I've already sent a ton of them out and I'm so happy you guys are enjoying my favorite things. They can bring you some joy too. So again, if you'd like the chance to win a little something, something, make sure you leave your IG handle. And I want to take a moment to shout out some listeners who again have taken the time to show some love on the pod. I read each and every single review. They don't go unnoticed. And again, I'm so freaking grateful. All right, first one up. I'm going to read this one. It comes from Samantha Lynn 17. All right, Samantha Lynn 17 writes, five stars, beautiful human. Lo, you're a special person. I found you through KB and I was always so excited when she had you on as a guest. So I started listening to your podcast. You are the perfect mix of everything. So funny, lighthearted, yet you can be serious and emotional. I just love you with hearts. Oh, thank you, Samantha Lynn. I definitely can be emotional. I'm an emotional wreck most days, but that's the cancer crab in me. It's a water sign, and we are inherently uh, pretty sensitive people. But yeah, I'm glad you can enjoy the hot mess that is this podcast for all the laughs, serious topics, heartwarming ones, and emotional ones, too. All right, next review comes from Megan B214. Megan B214 writes, did someone say thrifty? <laughs> Five stars low. You said chocolate malted crunch. And I screamed. My local OC King absolutely loved the pod. I'm so happy to be a part of the Facebook group. Much love for you, puta. Oh, okay. Chocolate malted crunch ice cream. If you haven't had it, do yourself a favor, my kings and queens. Go get yourself a freaking scoop. It's made by thrifty. I'm sure you can get it online on like Amazon uh, but it's really good. I'm not like a malted chocolate fan. It's not my favorite vibe. But in this particular ice cream, it kind of tastes like if Swiss Miss hot chocolate made ice cream with the little marshmallows in it. Mm, it's so good. Anyway, yeah, it's worth me getting diarrhea for because the dairy goes straight through me. But it's worth it for that chocolate malted crunch. And I'm glad you're enjoying it too, Megan. We could both have diarrhea together eating our chocolate malted crunch. Well, I don't know. I just assume you're lactose intolerant. Uh, who knows? Maybe you can eat it and be just fine. And kudos to you for that. <laughs> All right. Next review comes from A-M-E-R-S-M Lang. Amer S-M Lang. I hope I didn't butcher that. All right. This person writes, Lo, I love your podcast. I found you through KB and immediately loved you then but you crack me up so much each week on your podcast. Now I'm just always in awe of how you click and converse so well with every single guest you have on. I'm listening to the one with Lauren and Chandler right now. I hold a very special place in my heart for the episodes with the queen though. My six-year-old son is very similar to you, I think at that age, and I just hope I'm doing as well raising him as she did raising you. Oh, 
<laughs> Shit, that's so sweet. I'm sure you're doing an amazing job raising that little king. And I'm definitely going to be sharing this review with my mama, the queen, and she'll be back for more episodes. I can't wait to have her back. Thank you so much for the sweet words. All right, I have time for one more review, and that comes from Lisa Coda, L-I-S-A Coda. Lisa Coda writes, you're the best, puta, with five stars and a unicorn. There are no words to describe how amazing this podcast or how hilarious, genuine, loving, accepting Lo is. It's a thousand out of five stars. Wow. It's the highest rating I have ever received on this shit show. <laughs> I love the topics he talks about. I love his energy, his voice, and his laugh. I love his guests and the information they share. I just love him. The podcast is pure joy and comedy. My mental health is always a 10 after listening to the pod. My 19th month old daughter is my low rider for life because we listen while driving. Cheers, puta. We love you. In Elliot Knight voice. <laughs> uh, and that's sincerely from Lisa Coda. And she also left three dick emojis for me. Lisa, thank you for the eggplants. Thank you for the highest rating I've ever received. A thousand out of five stars. I love that you're getting something from this podcast because that is the most important thing to me on this show is that you always have some sort of a takeaway, whether it be a smile or you learn something, you just feel good. Like you got to leave with something because life's too freaking short and I'm not about to waste anybody's time here. I want to make sure you get a little something, something for the road. And on that note, I hope you guys have a beautiful weekend ahead. I can't believe it's already September. We're what, four months until 2022? Holy shit. I blinked and boom, like we're in a new year. Like. I had someone ask me, like, what are your plans for Christmas? I'm like, I don't even know if I'm going to make it to Christmas, Queen. I'm just trying to get through the day, get through the week. So let's just take it one day at a time. But <laughs> she has a point. Like, Christmas, I guess, is kind of around the corner, which is just wild for me to think about. Oh, anyway, time flies when you're in a global pandemic now, doesn't it? So <laughs> make sure you appreciate every moment you have. So have a glass of wine. Enjoy some dark chocolate. Apply your serums. But don't. Forget to drink your water, Buddha. Because <laughs> I know you're thirsty. <laughs> we, we love, love you. you. And we're out. <laughs> Bye. Bye, guys. Over there with two. <laughs>